This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. God is good. God is good. The Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. Amen. Who knows that much? Nahum 1-2. All right. Well, we're going to get into the word tonight. Uh, we're on, I want to say it's part five. I think I lost track. Part five of our series about spiritual grown-ups. Part five of spiritual grown-ups. And uh, before we get into it, you know, I was looking through the bookstores, some books that have ministered to me along uh, the lines of what we're talking about a little bit tonight. And this book right here by Brother Hagen is called Understanding How to Fight the Good Fight of Faith. Now, 1 Timothy 6.12 tells us to fight the good fight of faith. And who knows? I mean, there's a fight that has to take place if you're going to overcome the enemy and we're called to fight the good fight of faith. Now, a lot of Christians, they read that verse and they thought it stopped out of the first word fight. So they started fighting each other. But no, we're not called to fight each other. We're called to fight the good fight of faith. And so uh, I believe this book would be a blessing to you understanding how to fight the good fight of faith, because it's one thing to say, OK, I mean, we're supposed to fight the fight of faith. But isn't it nice to know how? To do what you're supposed to do. It wouldn't be very cool if we just sent our soldiers over to, you know, the Middle East and said, all right, boys, go get the job done. Fight. I mean, yeah, they could fight their warriors, but it's really nice when there's somebody in charge telling them how and what they're supposed to do. And so um, I believe that would be a blessing to you. And we're going to explain some of that tonight ourselves about how you can fight the good fight of faith. And so tonight we're talking about growing up spiritually, being a spiritual grown up. And the title is this is you've got to be a doer. You ever know somebody that they can talk a big talk? But then when it comes down to it, they can't actually follow through and do what they said. I mean, I know I used to play basketball a lot and you come across some guys, man, I'm telling you what, bro, I'm a baller. Okay, I tell you, woo! The league called, but I said I was too busy. I was doing something on Monday night, so you know what. But but then it comes down, you get the guy on the court, and I mean, you know, your sister plays better than him. It's like, dude, okay, you said, but you're not a doer. You you talk about it, but you're not a doer. You can't deliver on what you said. And so there's a lot of people that are like that, and that's a sign of of immaturity. Okay. And so let's look at this verse here, James one twenty two. You need to, you need to memorize this, James one twenty two. Highlight this in your Bible. You have my permission. Highlight it and put stars beside it. James 1.22. You need to know this one. James chapter 1 verse 22. And, and I love the book of James because, you know, James is just straight to the point. He doesn't pull any punches. James wasn't worried about snowflakes. James just threw. He was there to tell you how it is. OK. And I believe that his brother, Jesus, There's a lot of similarities between James and and uh, and big brother Jesus. But James chapter one, verse 22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. There's about a dozen sermons in this one verse, at least. But let's let's just check this out. He says, be doers of the word and not hearers only or you're deceiving yourself. Now, I mean, I think it's a great thing to hear the word of God. Who would agree with that statement? That I mean, that is one of the absolute best things you can do. But that's only part 
of what you need to do to claim victory in your life. That is the first step is to be a hearer of the word. But if you want to be a victorious Christian, you've got to do the second part and you've got to actually be a doer of the word. I mean, there could be people that have sat in church for years that have studied their Bibles for years. They've heard the word and they've heard it and they've heard it and they've heard it, but yet they're still not walking in victory. Why is that? It's because they're not doing the word. It's one thing to know that the Bible says to love thy neighbor as thyself. Oh man, yes, I've heard that a thousand times over. Good. Are you actually doing it? Well, no. Well, no wonder you've got all kinds of trouble, man. Nobody likes you because you don't love them. You don't do unto others, man. And and so, yeah, it's one thing to be a hearer, but you're not going to grow up and you're not going to be a strong Christian until you go to the next level and become a doer of the word. And so let's look at this tonight because God is speaking to you. This is your sign that you've been looking for. It's right here tonight. So hold on, folks. It's going to be a wild ride. All right, let's go ahead and pray and get into this. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you, Lord, so much for your word. Lord, we thank you that you have given us the answers that we need, Lord. We have got the absolute uh, streamlined way to victory here in life because we have the word of God. And I pray tonight that as we open our Bibles and study, Lord, you're going to speak to us and show us things. You're going to challenge us. Lord, we need roughed up a little bit. Rough us up a little bit, God, so we can do what you've called us to do and be who you've called us to be. We thank you for it. In Jesus name, everybody said amen. And so tonight we're going to look at three results of being a hearer, but not a doer. Okay. So three results for somebody that only hears the word, but doesn't ever actually do what it says. Number one, there's no growth. There's no growth in their life. They, they don't grow up. And I mean, that's a sad thing to see, but somebody that only hears and never does is somebody that they're, they have stunted growth. They mean, they've, they, they may be a little bit somewhere, but overall, they just don't grow like they're supposed to. And our main focus of this whole series we're doing is about growing up spiritually. So a person that only hears but never does is somebody that is not going to grow up in the Lord. And, you know, we we're talking about sometimes people that they've read all about it, but they've never actually done it. And so, you know, I was kind of thinking about this. I, I was, you know, I do what I do. I look stuff up. That's how I spend part of my time just reading and, and studying things. And so I, I, I found this out that last year in 2016, the world record for somebody doing the deadlift was uh was set by this well the record was broken by a british man so from well, i insulted british people a few weeks ago here's here's to make amends to you this is a good thing that Brit- the british have done i i heard about that <laughs> but anyway uh so last year the world record for deadlift was broken a british man named eddie hall deadlifted 1102 pounds i watched this video this guy i mean he's huge he lifts this up over 1100 pounds and he's shaking and i mean and finally he holds it for the right amount of time drops it and then he hits the deck and i'm like well it killed him but no he was okay they brought in the paramedics but but i'm thinking how dumb would it be you know there's a guy like me who i've read about lifting i've never really done it but what if i came up and i'm like hey eddie i just want to i want to give you some tips man i want to tell you all about how to deadlift i mean that would be really foolish right because here's a guy that's read all about it i mean i've heard all about it but I've never done it. And here's the guy that's actually gone out and done it. He's the expert on this. And I know a lot of people 
I mean, they're experts on all kinds of stuff that they never set their hand to. They tell you all about, you know, how to do this. And I've read all about how to bake that. Absolutely. Oh, have you ever baked it? Well, no, man. I've never done it. I just read all about it. I can tell you all about cars. I can tell you all. And, you know, I, I think one of the, you know, most men were what you call the armchair quarterback. Did I get any of those in here? If you're a male sitting in this room, you are one. Okay. And we have this problem as men where we we think from sitting on the couch that that we we could do a better job than the guy that's getting paid one hundred million dollars to go play with the ball. You know, there's a reason that we're sitting on the couch eating hot wings in Barstow and he's making millions of dollars because, listen, it's one thing to sit there and 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 like, oh, man, I've read all about this. When when you're getting blitzed from this, you're supposed to go this way and get out of the pocket. And I mean, everybody knows that. Have you ever been chased by a 400 pound, six foot eight beast trying to kill you? No. Then shut up because you don't know. You don't know. You're a, you're a hearer. You've read it. You listen to ESPN radio, but you've never been a doer. So you have no idea. And guys, we're like that. And listen, there's a lot of Christians like that, that I mean, oh, yeah, I know the word says fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Have you ever actually done it? Well, no, but but I mean, it says it. And listen, until we can be doers of the word. We're going to be a person that is in deception. You're deceiving yourself. Now, I don't want to be deceived, but I surely don't want to be the one fooling myself. I mean, have you ever tried to sneak up on you and scare you? It's really hard to do. I've tried it. No, I haven't really. But I mean, as silly as that sounds, as crazy as it is that you could fool yourself. Oh, gotcha. Oh, you know, that's what a lot of Christians are doing in their lives. They're fooling them. And it sounds silly. It sounds crazy. But the word of God says, if you're that person, they, oh, yeah, I've heard it a thousand times, but you've never actually been a doer of it. You're fooling yourself. You're deceiving. You're, you're tricking yourself and, and, and you're running in circles, man. You're not getting anywhere in this life. And so when you are a person that is a hearer, but not a doer, listen, you're not going to grow. Because you don't grow until you face some resistance and overcome it. Again, talking about lifting here, for example, you don't get bigger muscles until you face something that that's going to strain you. And and you don't get them just by like, I don't think I can do it. You've got to overcome. There's got to be some resistance to your strength and you've got to overcome the resistance. And when you can overcome the resistance, you start to grow, right? I mean, amen. Am I right about that? You know, you've got to face resistance and overcome it. And when you do, you start to get stronger. And after a while, you can face an even bigger weight, an even bigger obstacle. And because you were able to handle the hundred pound stuff, you can move on to the 200. And eventually, I mean, if you're like this freak over there in in, in Great Britain, uh, 1100 pounds. But listen, it's because he had to overcome resistance time and time again. And when it got really hard, he had to keep putting it in. He had to keep fighting. He had to keep pushing through it. He couldn't give up. And a lot of people, listen, it's it's awesome to sit in here and say amen and to hear the sermons and all that stuff. It's what you should be doing, but that's only part of the battle. Just being here. Listen, you've got to take it out of these doors and do what the word of God is saying to do. And, and I mean, for muscles to grow, it's just like faith. They've got to overcome 
resistance. They've got to overcome something hard and difficult. They've got to overcome the struggle. And I know a lot of people, you know, we, we did a sermon on this a while about, oh man, the struggle's real. Really? <laughs> you think I don't know that? Yeah, you know, people, uh, how you doing? I, I say to somebody, how you doing? I'll tell you what, man, the struggle's real. The struggle is real. Oh, the struggle's real. I mean, where'd that come from? The struggle's real? Well, listen, I, yeah, life is real. The world's, the devil's real. Yes, it's all real, but God is more real. Amen? And the just shall live by faith. And if I can, I can overcome the struggle. It's, I'm not denying that the struggle's real. We all get that. Listen, but you gotta overcome the struggle and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, right? Amen. He says the overwhelming victory is ours. Romans 8, 37. And the King James says we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, man. The guy, the, yeah, the struggle's real. Man, quit feeding me that stuff. Let's get with this, dude. All right. And you know, and I, I like, who was here last Sunday when Pastor Kenny Gatlin preached? Dude, Sunday morning, he punched us between the eyes. He didn't hold back. And it, I mean, that was, that's what we needed to hear. Uh, you know, he talked about how there's a lot of Christians. We've been on the target range for years. I mean, we, we're, we're, we're snipers when it comes to shooting targets, but we haven't ever actually gone onto the battlefield. Targets don't shoot back at you. I mean, I can sit there on the shooting range all day, you know, and, 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 and hit the target. Yeah, I've done that myself. Absolutely. But I've never actually been in a real life combat zone. And there's a lot of people that, I mean, they, they can all day long. Yeah, I've heard that scripture, heard that one, heard that one. I heard that sermon. I got that series. I bought that and, and all this stuff. And I mean, they, they've heard it. They've heard the word, but they've never actually done it. So they don't really have combat experience when it comes to fighting the fight of faith that's dangerous because listen after a while you don't have to go looking for the enemy he'll come looking for you he will find you have you ever found that out you didn't go looking for trouble but it sure enough found you and 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 here you are and if you are not prepared if you have never actually fought the fight of faith man you're in for a long day against an experienced enemy you need to be prepared before the battle ever even comes it's really hard to start training for war when the enemy is all around you surrounding you it's you know we'll look at this story later but the wise man or the foolish man the one guy builds the right foundation the other guy does it listen it's hard to lay a concrete foundation when you've already got a flood in your house it's pretty hard to lay concrete and standing water, isn't it? Listen, build your foundation right now. Start right now. Even if life is perfect and nothing's going on, start learning how to use your weapon. Start learning how to speak the word of God over, over everything in your life. Start learning how to fight the fight of faith. Start getting some combat experience. And, and Pastor Gatlin gave, you know, gave great example. I mean, little things. You got a little headache? Listen. Let's try standing in faith over this little thing. And this, this little battles like this, you need, you need an extra hundred bucks. Well, believe God for it and, and just start, start winning some little victories. Start having some little battles that you're winning. And then when it's time to believe for a thousand dollars, you're a little more prepared, right? When you get a bad report from the doctor, you're a little bit more prepared, but you've got to start fighting some battles in your life and not and, and get some real combat experience. So I want to show you something uh, in first Corinthians chapter three, first Corinthians three. And, and we were there this morning. 
We were there this morning. Pastor went over here. First Corinthians chapter three. And so we're talking about being doers and not hearers only. We're talking about being able to grow spiritually. Who wants to grow? Who wants to be strong? I mean, yeah, we want we want some spiritual warriors in this house. We need we need some Navy SEALs in the spirit. Amen. That's what we need. We need that. So first Corinthians chapter three. We're going to look at verses one through three in the New King James Version. And yes, you know, maybe you know about the Corinthian church. They were very uh, they were they were not what you'd call spiritual grownups. They were spiritually immature. They 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 spoke in tongues and they prophesied and they had Holy Ghost meetings. But they I mean, they were immature. And so Paul writes these both of these letters to him, just trying to straighten them out because they were going they were going nuts over there. And they thought that they were spiritually grown up. But they were not. I mean, they were the furthest thing. They had one guy that was in a relationship with his stepmother. And Paul's like, why don't you kick this guy out, man? What's wrong with you people? You got to handle this stuff. But they were immature. And so look at what Paul says. First Corinthians three, verse one, he says, and I, brethren, I could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babies in Christ. So he had been there with them for a while. Now he was gone. So he's sending this letter to them. He's like, when I was with you, I couldn't speak to you like I do to spiritual people. I just speak to you like like I do to carnal people. I had to talk to you like you were babies. I fed you with milk and not with solid food for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. Paul wasn't concerned about their feelings. He was concerned about them growing up someday. He didn't say, I mean, you guys, I got to be honest, you're, you're a little bit on the immature side, but I don't want to hurt you. I'm just saying he's like, listen, y'all are a bunch of babies and I can't even talk to you like I would to adults right now because you can't handle it. You can't handle it. And look at this. Verse three, for you are still carnal for where there are envy, strife and divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? And this whole church, you read about it, there was people in the church suing each other. There was people in sexual sin, all kinds of crazy stuff. And he's like, listen, I can't even talk to you like I would to mature people. And even when I was there and even now, even now that I'm gone, I still can't because you guys can't handle it. You're not spiritual. You're carnal. So what does carnal mean? We talked about that some this morning. But the most basic thing is somebody that's controlled by their flesh, not their spirit. It's a Christian that is controlled by their flesh, by their body, by their emotions, but not their spirit. It says they are carnal. And so if someone says, man, you're the most carnal person I've ever met, that's not a compliment. That's not good. Hopefully no one has to tell you that, but it is not good to be a carnal Christian. And so why were these people so carnal? Well, they heard the word. But they didn't actually obey what the word said to do. And because of that, Paul said, I can't give you adult food. I got to give you milk. You guys are still on the bottle. You're, you know, you're 10 years old in the Lord or whatever the case was. You're still getting bottle fed. I'd like to teach you deeper things. I'd like to talk about bigger stuff. But I got to keep talking about the basics of Christianity over and over again because you guys are so immature. You can't you can't handle anything deeper. They were hearers, but not doers. And because of it, their growth was stunted. That's point number one. Their growth was stunted because they didn't actually obey 
what the word of God says. The second thing that happens when somebody is a hearer but not a doer is deception. They are deceived. You know, the example we used about someone giving the weightlifter advice, even though they've never actually set their hand to it. That's a pretty good example of deception right there. It's somebody that, you know, I've read all about it. I, I mean, I, I know I know I know all about that subject. But then th- that there's a world difference between reading and doing. And I don't know about you guys. I like doers. I don't like to I don't like to hang out with readers and people that are experts on things they've never actually done themselves. I like people that have real life experience on the topic. I mean, I'm not I don't want to go to a surgeon that's read all about the body, but never actually done it. I don't want to be I'm sorry. I don't want to be your guinea pig. I don't want to be the first guy that you've cut open. You know, I don't want to be getting cut open anyway. But at the same time, I don't want to go there. And uh, so, doctor, what's your experience? To tell you the truth, ma'am, I've read all about this stuff. I have read books and volumes. I have studied it and read it. How many operations have you performed? Oh, none. This is my first one. So just let's see what happens. You in? Are you in? No, I'm not in. I don't want anything to do with this. I like doers. I want to be around people that have combat experience, people that have won some faith battles in their life. I like doers of the word. And those are the people that I want to surround myself with. But there's a lot of people... Listen, they're dangerous. Somebody that's deceived, someone that has the blinders on, the wool pulled over their eyes, that's a dangerous person to be around because they don't realize that that they could get taken out at any moment and they could take you down with them. A deceived person is a dangerous person. And most deceived people that I know, their main area of deception that they fall into is thinking they know more than the pastor. They know more than someone like like Kenneth Copeland or, or someone that has, you know, legit results to talk about that, you know. So I hear people all the time. Oh, man, you know, the, the hymn. I tell you what, I, I know all about this right here and then blah, 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 you know, and, and spewing all this stuff out. I'm like, OK, let's just get down to it. How many people have you led to the Lord? Get real. You know, if you know more than Kenneth Copeland or, you know, than Pastor or, you know, or someone, some of these other guys, if you know how many people have you led to the Lord this year? Well, none. How many in the last five years? Well, zero. How many in the last ten? How many people have you led to the Lord in the last ten years? Well, none that I know of. Then I don't have any business. I don't want to hear a thing you have to say. You're a hearer. You're not a doer. I like to hang out with doers. I like people that have led other people to the Lord. I like people that, you know, well, I'll tell you what, uh, that healing stuff. I don't know anything about that. That Get away from me. I like to hang out with people that have prayed for the sick and they've recovered. And those are the guys that I hang out with. I like to, you know, the testimonies we're, tearing, we're, we're talking about tonight. I like I like to sit under this. I like to hear these testimonies because this is people that did the word. Those are the people you need to surround yourselves with. okay? and so someone that's deceived, they always know more than everybody else. But when it comes down to it, when the rubber meets the road, ask them about the results that have happened in their great ministry this year. A lot of times you'll be surprised that they haven't led someone to the Lord ever. And they're making fun of someone that's led millions of people to the Lord. I don't want to hear it. I, I, you're, I don't have time for people that are just hear it and read about. I, I have time for people that are doers because they're grown ups. They're combat tested. And when when I need somebody on my side, I'm calling them. I'm calling the guy that's been in battle. I'm calling the guy that's been to war, not the guy that's read about war. Amen. And so that's the type of stuff. Amen. You know, deceived people. 
it's crazy. They, they, they just don't get it. They, they don't know. They, they, they're blind to the obvious. I was reading about this, uh, about this condition that pilots face. You know, a deceived person, let me just say this, they rely on their own senses and not what the manual, the book is telling them. Or what God, you know, what God is speaking to them. They're like, well, I know it says that, but that can't be because in my experience, it's happened this way. Oh, my gosh. Never, never take your own experience and elevate it above the word of God. That's dangerous ground. I mean, there's times I pray for something and to be honest, maybe it hasn't happened yet. But I'm not going to say, well, that must that part of the Bible must not be true because in my experience, this happened. Whoa, you better calm down, brother. You're saying that your experience is, 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 is more correct, holds more weight than the written logos, the word of God. Whoa, that's dangerous ground to be treading upon right there. Yeah, I mean, there's been times where my experience itself didn't quite line up with what the scripture said just yet. But I'm not dumb enough to say, oh, my, this is right. God, you're wrong. No. The day will come. Absolutely. And I was talking to membership class yesterday. There's some stuff I haven't figured out yet. But guess what? I'll find out someday in heaven. You know what? This is the Bible says the secret things belong to the Lord. So there's some things that have happened in this life that I haven't fully understood just yet. I'll find out someday, someday. But there's no way that I'm going to say, well, I don't know about the Bible on that one. If the word says it, then the word's true. And my situation was a lie. Whatever the case is, something went wrong somewhere that, that screwed it up. But guess what? The Bible's true. It's more true than anything else in this world. And so. I was reading about this condition called spatial disorientation. Spatial disorientation. This occurs mainly in pilots who have, who have crashed their airplanes. And, and I've got a few pilots in here tonight. But while flying, they become so disoriented that they'll actually fly their plane maybe even upside down. And, not even, and, and, and they're so disoriented in this state of mind, this funk that they're in, that their, their instrument panel is saying you're upside down. And, and maybe even other, you know, people could be calling in, hey, what's going on with your plane? No, everything's fine. Everything. And they're so disoriented that they're flying upside down and crash and die. And, and, and their control panel, it's right. But they're saying, no, no, that can't be right. Well, I, I'm, I'm seeing things. And, and they're going by what they see. Not by what everything else is saying is right. And they're so disoriented that they crash their plane. There's dozens of, you can look this up, dozens of examples of this. In fact, John D. Rockefeller's grandson just in 2014 was flying his own plane. I think it was in New York and flying his own plane late to a meeting. His, I mean, he, this guy was 64 years old and, you know, his dad is like 99, but this is John D. Rockefeller's grandson flying his own plane, crashed it into some neighborhood and died, killed himself. And after a full year, uh, the whatever it is, the I want to. Yeah, the Aviation uh, Society. I want to say the right name, though. I don't like to give wrong. The, The National Transportation Safety Board. They, after a year's worth of study, and they found out they, they, yeah, it's spatial disorientation. He, he got, he got disoriented and didn't believe his control panel. He went upside down and crashed into some trees in a neighborhood and, and killed himself. And there's a lot of Christians, man. The manual, the book, the Bible, 
your pastor, those around you, is like, I don't know, man, you're kind of heading the wrong way. Something's wrong. Like, no, 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 believe me, I, I know what I'm doing. I know, I know what I'm doing. And, and the Bible say, no, you're wrong on this. You're wrong. you got to quit that. Knock it off. And you're going by your own senses. Why? Because you're deceived. These pilots, they're, they're deceived. Their senses are telling them one thing, but, but, but everything else is saying, no, that can't be, that can't be. And there's a lot of Christians that the Bible and, and those around you, they're saying, you, you need to, you need, oh, that's dangerous. Don't get, you need to turn it around, turn it around. You're going the wrong way. Danger, danger, danger. And they're saying, no, 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 I got this, I got this. Because they're deceived. Because they don't ever do the word. They don't ever actually obey what the Bible says to do. And they're deceived. And the bad thing is, it's not somebody else. It's not even the devil deceiving them. They're deceiving themselves. According to James 1.22, they're deceiving themselves. And eventually, there's a price to pay for that. Look at Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. Proverbs 14, verse 12. Who's having a good time tonight? Are we growing? Are we getting stronger? We're going to be doers of the word. Proverbs 14, verse 12. Proverbs 14, verse 12. And it says this, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. There's a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in death. You know, if you're a mature Christian, you may come up to this path where you, you mean you've got a crossroad. Well, this seems right. It's more money. I mean, that's what we're all told, you know, Lawrence was talking about. It seems right. And, and, and listen, if you are not a mature Christian, you'll walk by sight, not by faith. But a mature Christian, when they approach any scenario, there's two ways to go. They're going to say, okay, this seems right, but I'm going to pray about this for a minute. And they're, a mature Christian is going to go the way of faith. They're going to walk by faith, not by sight. And so you're going to examine this. A deceived Christian will say, Oh, money. Well, the Bible says God wants to be blessed. Let's go. You know, let's just go right down that path. But they don't take the time to stop and pray about it and figure out because they're just they've heard the word, but they don't actually do the word. Amen. Am I right? You got to be a doer of the word. And if not, you're deceiving yourself and you're going to come to a way that seems right unto a man. But the end of it is death. That could be the I mean, that could be the very path to cause you all the hurt and heartache in the world. But listen, you weren't mature enough to obey what the word of God said. I've come to the crossroads before and this way seemed right. It looked better. But my heart saying, no, 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 no. And, and, and listen, if you're mature and you know the word, you know that the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts and shows us things to come. The book of John tells us that the spirit on the inside of us, he's our advocate. He's our counselor. He's our standby. He's the one that will show us things to come. And I've actually been fool enough to disobey what the Spirit was saying. I've been immature enough to go down the path that seemed right to me. And boy, there was a bully waiting at the end of that path that kicked my behind. Am I the only one? I've done that. 
But there's also been other times where I've come to the crossroads and this seems right, but I'm hearing no on the inside. I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit on this. And later on, I find out why. Oh, well, everyone that went down that path got canned three weeks later. Or everyone that went down that path, they, they fell off. The, the road ended at the cliff and they all drove off the edge. You know, whatever the case is. But I'm, I'm learning this, man. I'm going to I'm going to listen to the spirit. Amen. That's being a doer of the word. Not a hearer only. We have got to grow up. So don't live your life by what seems right. Live your life by what the word says is right. Don't live by what seems right. Live by what the word says is right. And there's a lot of Christians in our day and age. Let's go to first Corinthians six. There's a lot of Christians. A lot. A lot. Many, many Christians. We're so deceived at this point about, well, I mean, this seems right. I, I know the, I, yes, I know the word says this. I know all the scriptures on this, but I mean, this seems right. This seems okay. Don't judge everybody. This seems okay. Listen, that's deception, man. That is pure deception. So first Corinthians six verses nine and 10. First Corinthians six verses nine and 10. The Apostle Paul writing to this immature Corinthian church. We're talking about the kings of immaturity here. These are the guys from sixth grade that still, you know, do dumb stuff. These are, I mean, pure immature Christians right here. All right. This is who Paul's writing to. Keep that in mind as we read this. He says, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols commit adultery or male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. All these type of people were in this Corinthian church and they all thought they were going to heaven. We're talking about, I mean, anybody on that Anybody on this list, I'm not saying you did this one time or, you know, you in the past had done this. We're talking about people that are living this lifestyle and think that they're going to have they're deceived. They are deceived. And the Corinthian church was saying, that's okay, bro. It's all right, man. Yes. Hey, hey, listen, you do you. I'll do me. It is okay. You're going to heaven. And Paul says, no, none of those people will inherit the kingdom of God, a.k.a. they will not go to heaven. You can't be, go around living a, an abusive life, abusing people, and think you're going to go to heaven. It's not going to happen. You know, and we're not being mean, but drunkards. It's a, you, you know, again, not saying that that had been your past or that you took a drink one time. We're talking about you're actively living this lifestyle. You know, homosexuals, I mean, that's real popular to say, but it's on there, right? It, it, for some reason, it lists male prostitutes. It's on there. Listen, it says if that is your lifestyle, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And the King James in that verse, verse nine of the King James, Paul says, don't be deceived. The new living I just read said, don't fool yourself. But Paul said in the King James, don't be deceived. Anybody living like this isn't going to inherit the kingdom of God. Are you kidding me? And we're talking about deception right now. Point number two is deception because the Corinthians, they heard the word, but they didn't obey it. And they thought that they could live this life and still go to heaven. Man, talk about being deceived. 
That is pure deception. And a deceived person is a dangerous person. And even worse than that is the people that surround them and say, hey, it's okay. Go ahead. Do it. You're assisting them in going to hell. Bravo. Yeah, good for you. You know, and, and I, I see this all the time. People saying, yeah, man, that's okay. Just do it. It seems right. You know, hey, do what you want to do, man. Do it. You're encouraging somebody to go to hell. I don't want to be there when you and Jesus have your one on one in heaven. <laughs> that's good. Whoa, <laughs> dude, <laughs> that is not going to be a pleasant conversation right there. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm not, again, we talked about this in membership. Yes, I'm, we're not going out there on the streets with a, you know, a, a bullhorn yelling at people. You're going to hell. But listen, I'm not going to tell you that you're not if you ask me. I had someone text me a couple weeks ago that, you know, came out of the closet and had their come out of the closet party. And, hey, I just wanted to let you know. I said, listen, dude, I love you. I will love you to the day that you die. And I will always be here for you. Always. But you know that I believe what the Bible says about this, and I'm not going to lie about that, and I'll never change that. I love you, but just know this, that I, I don't agree with that, and, and uh, you know, but I'll always be there for you. How awful would it be if I said, hey, it's all good, bro, it's all good, you just do your thing, man. That's like you see a little kid getting ready to stick a fork into the electric outlet, and you don't say anything. You say, hey, it seems right, he really likes it, I mean, come on, hey, it's what he enjoys, you're a monster. <laughs> You're a freak. You're a monster, man. Something's wrong with you. If you see someone getting ready to, to send themselves to hell and you say, hey, it's OK. It's OK. Wow, you are. A, you're the hater. You're the bigot. You're the monster. You're you're mean. You're that's awful that she would see somebody. And then when they literally come to you for your approval and you give them the approval on it. Why? Because why why does this happen? And it happens every day in our day and age. Why? Because we've got a bunch of immature Christians who have heard the word. People have said, I know the Bible says this, but it, it seems like that people should just be able to do whatever they want to do. Yes, people can do whatever, but there is a price to doing whatever you want to do. Right. And it could cost you heaven. I'm not willing to do that. No way. And so deceived people. They're dangerous people. All right. Number three. Who's ready for number three? So we're talking about being a doer, not only a hearer, but if you are going to be a hearer and not a doer, there's, you know, we're looking at three things that can happen to you. One, you're not going to grow like you're supposed to. Number two, you're for sure going to be deceived, according to James 1.22. That's not debatable. And number three, there's going to be a lot of weakness in your life. A lot of weakness. Matthew chapter seven. Let's look at Matthew chapter seven. Matthew chapter seven. Who is having a good time, man? This is all right. Woo! Matthew chapter seven. We need to be doers. Matthew seven. And so this is a story we uh, we referenced a little bit ago about the wise man and the foolish man. Matthew seven verse twenty four, and and Jesus, man, he's doing what Jesus did. He's just keeping it real. Matthew chapter seven, verse twenty four. He says, "Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it." is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it will not collapse because it is built on bedrock. 
But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And so we got two guys here that have a lot in common. These two guys, there's a lot of similarities in this between the two stories here. They both get to build new houses. That's pretty cool, right? They both get to choose what their foundation is going to be. You get to choose. It's your choice. What you're, I mean, you can make your foundation anything you want it to be. No one's going to force you. They both faced storms. They both heard the word. They both heard the teachings of Jesus. But what's the difference maker? One of them was a doer of the word. The wise man came to Jesus just like the other guy. He heard the teachings of Jesus just like the other guy, but he actually obeyed the teachings. So that tells me that I could be a person theoretically that does sit in church and hear the word and hear the word and hear the word. Theoretically, these two guys up to this point, their stories are the same. But the flood could come and still wipe me out if I'm not a doer of the word. And so I'm challenging you tonight. Is God speaking things? Are there scriptures that have been jumping out? Have you had opportunities for faith battles that you've shied away from or just wouldn't take on? I mean, are there, have you had opportunities in your life to be a doer of the word, but you just didn't want to man up and face it down and put in the effort? Because listen, laying a solid foundation, that takes a lot more work than just going and starting to nail some stuff together. I mean, let's not lie. It's hard work to lay a solid foundation. There's times that you don't feel like coming into church and, and getting four kids ready and, 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 and all this stuff. There's times that you don't feel like waking up early and reading your Bible. There's times that you don't feel like praying. There's times that you just don't feel like loving your enemies. There are times that this happens. But the person that takes the time to do it, they're, they're just brick by brick, you know, whatever. They're, they're laying this foundation. They're laying the foundation. And it's a lot quicker to just go out there and, and throw some boards up and call it day that I mean yeah that that's a lot quicker absolutely it is but listen later on when you took the time those years and years of having your kids in church year after year Sunday after Sunday the kids are in church that's laying the foundation man for the rest of their lives I tell you what I'm glad I had parents that raised me in church oh my gosh amen I am glad. And I went to church a minimum of about four services a week. Most, a lot of years, five services every week. At one point in time, church every single day for 63 straight days one year. Listen, do you think I regret that? Heck no. (laughs) Absolutely not. I don't regret that. I am so thankful that my parents took the time and did it the right way. Because, listen... Listen, it seems like there's never time to do it right, but there's always time to do it over. And thank God for second chances, but I'm grateful for my parents laying the right foundation. And so if you've never obeyed the word and fought any battles, you're not going to be prepared when the crisis comes. Your foundation isn't laid if you've only been hearing the word. If you haven't been obeying the word, your foundation isn't properly laid. It's not there like it needs to be. And now I heard Pastor Willie George say this. This is this hit me. When crisis comes, you will not rise to the occasion. 
you'll fall to your level of preparation. When crisis comes, you're not going to rise to the occasion. You fall to your level of preparation. We can't just throw a bunch of manly men out there for war just because they're tough and strong and, and just expect, well, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll just rise to the occasion. They're men. They're strong. They're, they're tough guys. They'll, they'll just, no, they'll fall to their level of preparation every single time. It's true. It is absolutely true. You fall to your level of preparation. And so a mature Christian, they start prepping before the storm ever even comes. They start building muscle before the bully ever gets there. They start learning how to fire their weapon before they ever even step onto a battlefield. Because a mature Christian, they're prepared. And they obey the Word of God. And so my challenge for us tonight is this. You know, you've been in here twice today already. You've heard a lot of Word today. But now you've got to take it to the next level and be a doer of the Word. What is it that Jesus is speaking to your heart? Obey it and do it. If he's telling you to quit something, quit it. If he's telling you to do something, go do it. If he's telling you to talk to somebody, go talk to him. If he's telling you to get up an extra hour early and spend time with him, do it. Do what the word says. Be a doer, not a hearer. Don't deceive yourself. Don't live a life of deception. Don't have a weak foundation. Be a doer of the word and listen, you're going to grow up and you're going to be strong. You're going to be a warrior. And when it's time for battle, you're going to be on the front lines facing the enemy, fighting the good fight of faith. And you're going to overcome everything that comes your way. Be a doer and not a hearer only. Amen. Let's go ahead and in there tonight. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org. 